Having made his way into the Imperial Consulate, Castian Saya must now evade Imperials, discover clues, and find his way to the captured Alderanian nobles. However, Castian is about to find out he's not the only one who is looking to ensure their freedom. Castian, you use your lightsaber to cut your way through the door. And remember, there was a woman kind of sleeping off her hangover. And as your lightsaber makes the sound of activating and cutting through the door, she kind of rouses herself. Huh? What? Go back to sleep. This is just a dream. Uh, sounds about right. And she lays her head back down. Castian carefully opens the door after the lock is cut and peeks around that fabric still pressed against the camera with the force. He waits for a few seconds, waiting to see if anyone's coming. No one is coming. And Castian deactivates his blade. He touches at his side, wincing as the belt that's doing its best to try to hold back the bleeding is not doing the best. And he closes his eyes and he takes a few breaths and tries to focus his mind. He couldn't bring the map that Riston Aster wrote down to him, but while he was on his way here, he was trying to memorize it. So Castian is going to try to remember the map in his head. Right now what he's looking to find, which is something that Riston Aster probably knew exactly where to find it, is the medical wing. He needs medicine and hopefully a disguise. I can make you roll for this. Or you could flip your last destiny point. Let's flip the last destiny point. So with that destiny point flipped, absolutely you remember where the medical bay is of the Imperial Consulate. The map that Riston Aster gave you, aside from a couple of levels such as where the medical bay is, were kind of generalized. It's like, oh, on these couple of floors is where the officers' quarters are, that sort of thing. So you know that the consulate is 30 stories tall. You know that you went down one level when you were being hauled to this cell. And you also know from the map that the medical bay is on the 18th floor. 18th floor. Very well, then. And Castian is going to look around for anything that... Is there anything that's equivalent to a data pad, a clipboard, anything like that around? Are you looking for something that's been discarded or something that's like built into a wall? Discarded. Something you can carry with them. The idea of no one really questions a person with a clipboard. <laughs> sure. Castine pulls like a data pad off the desk that's nearby, looks it over. It's locked because it requires a code and he doesn't know it. So he's just going to hold it in front of him. He tries his best to hide the blood with his coat. And he walks out into the hall as if he was supposed to be there. Behind him, the fabric covering that camera just falls to the ground. And he continues walking down the hall, heading towards where the elevator was located. You have to wait a moment for the elevator to arrive. And when it does, waiting inside is an imperial security detail. Three security officers. Oh, Castian is going to step to the side and bow his head and just continue to look over his data pad. I need you to give me a deception roll. And the difficulty is two reds and one purple. Two successes and a despair. Oh. With your two successes, the three security officers, 
don't even give you a second look as they are exiting the elevator. They really push you aside because they are on a mission. They are heading directly towards the cell that you just cut your way out of. Castian looks towards them, looks towards the elevator, and says, well, I definitely need a disguise now, and he's going to be slipping into the elevator and hoping there's not a biometric lock on it. There's no biometric lock on this one. However, it doesn't go very high. This elevator actually only goes to the fourth floor, which you know would be the area that is the soldiers' quarters, and somewhere along that route is also the armory. And Cassian's going to hit four. So you're going to take the elevator up. Now I am going to roll to see if anybody else wants to get on this elevator. No one else hops on. You have an express ride up to the fourth floor of the Imperial Consulate. When the door opens, you are in another hallway, very similar to the nondescript hallway that you were in five floors below. On the opposite side of the hall from where the elevator doors open, you know, across the hallway from you, you can see that there are a series of doors and you can hear voices behind each of them. Raucous voices, boisterous voices, the sound of soldiers who are on their downtime. They are ribbing each other, they're telling off-color jokes, and you can hear the sound of armor clanking together as they are preparing for duty or just off of duty. So you know this is a very active level. Castian is going to keep on walking past these doors, heading towards where he remembers there might be another turbo lift that he can take. If he does see an empty room or he sees someone leave a room and he spots that it's empty, he is going to duck inside one. As you are walking the hallway... You're confirming what Riston Astor's map told you, which is essentially this building has hallways along the perimeter, and the interior of the building is where all of the living quarters, the offices, everything integral is in the center of the building. So as you are walking down this hallway, it is just a straight shot. Nothing is on either side of you except for doors to your left, windows to your right. And as you are approaching the corner, you do see somebody exiting their room. You can tell it's a soldier, but he is of a, a slightly higher rank. You know, he's not one of the grunts. And it looks like he is of high enough status that he has a quarters all to himself. And Castian's just going to keep on walking. And as the guy's walking forward or away from him, Castian's going to slip into his door before it closes. And in you go. Castian is going to immediately start looking around for anything that could be spare clothing, spare uniform, just anything he could find right now. Let's make this a cool roll because you have no idea when he's going to be coming back, right? So you want to find something quickly. And I imagine also disturbing as little as possible. Yes. So this is a simple roll. There is no difficulty here. This is just to see how many successes means how much of what you want you're going to find. And I got one success, one advantage, and one triumph. Here's a question. Do you want a fresh uniform, nicely pressed, straight from the laundry? Or do you want the uniform that's in his laundry bin and is a little rumpled because it was what he was wearing yesterday? Casting will take the rumpled one. 
this is an officer's uniform. It's not a stormtrooper's. Yes. Great. So it has a hat. Yes. So Castian is going to roll up his hair, put it in a bun, and then slip on the hat. Does the uniform fit Castian? With your triumph and advantage and success, all that put together, this uniform fits like a glove. Castian's going to strip, going to put on this guy's uniform, and then he's going to take his bloodied clothing and try to use it to patch up his side. It's not great, but at least it's collecting some of the blood in any uniform that he doesn't need, his old boots, his torn tunic. He's just going to bury deep in this guy's hamper. And then he's going to head out. I'd like you to roll me, at this point, a survival roll. This is going to be average difficulty, because you've noted several times that this is a bloody injury that you have to keep repacking it. This is not going to deal you more damage. It's just going to give us an idea of how poorly this is going or how well it is going. I got one success. So yes, you're able to pack your old clothes on top of it. I imagine like you've torn them up into rags rather than just shoving a whole shirt under your shirt. So you're doing okay for now. Absolutely, you still want to make medical your next stop, but you're not bleeding out at the moment. Castian's walking out, and he is heading towards that elevator once more. Feeling a little bit better, though, knowing there's probably people looking for him now. Absolutely, there are. So the elevator that goes higher up into the building, this one actually is built into that center section. It's no longer on the outside wall. And when you get to this elevator, it's not a biometric scanner, but it does require an ID. Castian pats himself down. No luck there. They only issue one ID per person, and he kept it on him. Castian thinks about it for a second, and then he's turning back around, and he's heading towards one of the rooms that sound more raucous than normal. You said this guy has a probably a higher rank, so Castian's going to use that. He still has his data pad, so he's going towards one of the doors and walks right in. And inside, this is set up like soldiers' barracks. On the two sides of the room, you have rows of bunk beds, which all have soldiers in various states of undress, sitting, lounging. Some are trying to catch a few minutes of sleep. And none of them notice you when you first come in. Castian looks around. How many soldiers are inside here? About a dozen. He looks around trying to see if there's any names on bunks, bags, anything like that. Since they're not noticing him, he's taking the time to just kind of look for a name. Each bed has a footlocker at the bottom of it, and you see one does have a name imprinted on it. Drugger. And Castian is going to clear his throat and says, Drugger! And one of the soldiers, he is a young, baby-faced kid, barely growing peach fuzz on his face, who pops his head up from where he was playing Sabak with a couple of other soldiers. And he gulps, Uh, yes, sir? Bring me your ID. Is something wrong, sir? He is walking towards you, patting down his pockets until he pulls out his ID. I'm not answering his question. I'm just holding out my hand. Uh, I, I promise you're not going to find anything about me going off of the, the premises. I'm going to act like I'm reading something off the data pad, which is still locked. And I say... Have you completed the third round of vaccinations here? I wasn't aware there had to be three rounds, sir. Yes, come along. And I slapped the ID in his hand. He's like, we're going to medical. 
I do want to make you do a deception roll here. Of course. I, especially because, as you noted, your data pad can't actually scan anything right now. So this is going to be average difficulty, but I am going to upgrade it once. Mostly just so I can give you a light side point back. Great, and I got one success, one advantage. The kid gulps. Uh, yes, sir. Fantastic, come along. Continue your game, gentlemen, but please be a little bit more careful. Don't be stealing my, my winnings, guys. And he grabs him by the shoulder and pushes him. Come on. And I'm marching him towards the elevator. I don't understand why I need an escort for this, sir. Soldiers who ask questions don't last long in the Imperial military. Do you understand me, Drugger? He audibly gulps. Yes, sir. Good. And I step inside the elevator and I wait for him to do his ID. Please show me that the basic training taught you how to use an elevator, Drugger. Uh, yes, sir. Why are you delaying, Drugger? Hurry up. You can tell that his hands are shaking a little bit as he waves his ID card in front of the access pad and hits the button for floor 18. And there's just an awkward couple seconds of silence as the elevator raises. And after a pause, Castian clears his throat and says, What planet are you from, Drugger? Corellia. Good Imperial planet. If you say so, sir. Okay, well, Eric, let's get you up there to the medical. Uh, sir, it's actually Aaron? What's your middle initial? Uh, T? Oh, got the wrong person. And as soon as the door opens, Castian's just going to walk out and says, Draga, go back to your game. You're wasting my time. Okay, sir. And yeah, Castian is waiting for the door to close and before mumbling. (laughs) Draga. And then he's going to head deeper into the 18th floor. The elevator on the 18th floor doesn't open into a hallway. It opens directly at the medical bay. Obviously, it doesn't deposit you in where surgeries are happening, but you walk off the elevator and are immediately confronted with a front desk where a civilian secretary actually is there. And she looks up at you fairly disinterested. How can I help you today? I've been sent to collect a sample of your doctors who are from the planet Alderaan, and I'm here to make sure that their uh, loyalties are with the Empire as we continue search for the culprits who destroyed their planet. Give me another deception roll. This is easy, just one difficulty. I'm upgrading again. One success, one triumph. Oh, yeah, sure, that's been that's been going around. And she lazily turns towards her terminal and starts typing. Uh, yeah, sure. So in the middle of surgery right now is Dr. Elustian. And uh, off duty right now, who knows where he's at, is Dr. Pharrell. Pharrell, thank you. And uh, Pharrell's office is? He's down on uh, fifteen. Okay, thank you very much. And I'm going to just walk past her as if I'm going to find the doctor who's in surgery. Uh, you can't really pull him out of surgery right now. That's so delightful. You think you have rank on me. She tilts her head for a moment, but then she shrugs. Sure. Your, well, not your funeral, just the governor's. And Castian's going to walk into the medical wing, and he is looking for back to patches. Let's do something a little different. I want you to roll me medicine, but instead of using your intellect 
It's going to be cunning as the base stat. Because I'm searching for something medical? Right. This is average difficulty. One success, but three threats. You find a medical supply closet easily enough, and when you open it, you find back to patches. Absolutely no problem. Back to patches, bandages, IVs, tubing, all of those things that you would need for your standard medical bay. And as you are digging through this closet, a nurse enters the room. Excuse me, you have no authorization to be in here. Castian winces and then looks over his shoulder. Who is this person? Is it a woman, a man? This nurse is a woman. She's human. She's probably in her 40s. You know, she has the bearing of someone who has been in this job for a while. She's not going to take any back talk or any attitude from her patients. She has blonde hair that's beginning to turn silver, pulled back very tightly. She's wearing bright white scrubs. Castian, before he turns around, he presses his finger against his wound to make sure his eyes well up a little bit. And then he's going to slowly turn towards the woman. I'm sorry. I was hoping that I could uh, treat an injury without it going on someone's record. We have a boy uh, downstairs who is from Alderaan. And during a training exercise, he let his frustrations out, and I'm afraid I'm a little bit wounded. Him striking a superior officer would immediately result in him losing a future within the Imperial Army. He's already lost his homeworld. I'm sorry, I, I should have just talked with someone, but I... I really can't have this on record. Yes, well, medical supplies going missing on my shift will also mean unpleasant consequences for me. Okay. Now, she looks at your uniform, if you wish to requisition some items, which is your right due to your rank, which I feel like is a privilege that people of your rank like to use and abuse... You, of course, are well within your rights to do so. And you can just tell the disdain dripping off of her voice. She does not have any respect for your rank. I I wouldn't want to take more than than what would be needed. I understand that it is a difficult time and we are seeing a lot more activity here than normal. Really, I just didn't want to get in the way of you all. I know you've probably been on the call for, what, 26 hours straight? It's been unfortunate. I'm so sorry. My, my sister, she's uh, she's a nurse, uh, not here in the capital city, um, but uh, she's been constantly dealing with refugees, so I, I... Yes, it's been busy. I'm sure it's been busy for all of us, so what makes you think that I have the time to listen to your rambling? I see. So I'm going to have to use my ID to get these uh, requisitioned and thus making a record, Yes. Why don't you give me a roll? See if she's going to be a stickler here. Charm? Yeah, I think you're trying to charm. This is going to be hard with one upgrade. Two failures, three threats. Yes. Obviously, I need to see your ID in order to make the requisition. I see. And Castian is looking around. This is like a medical closet, right? Right. Is there any cameras in here that he noticed? Not in the closet. You are in an examination room, which doesn't have a security camera in it, but there is one out in the hallway that's aimed directly at the door, which she has left open. Well, I'll be on my way then, and Castian is going to take a step towards the door, and then suddenly, with a wave of the finger, the door slams shut behind her. The nurse turns around. 
What was that? And Castian is going to get behind her and he's going to put her in a chokehold. Oh, a chokehold. He's not trying to kill her. He wants to try to knock her out. So I think that would be a brawl roll. Yes. And I'm going to give you one setback die because you had all of those threats. So she was already suspicious that something was going on here. So you're going to have a setback die and then you have average difficulty. Three successes. With three successes within a couple of seconds, you've got her passed out on the floor. So sorry about this. Truly, I am. And uh, I hope you can forgive me. Um, This is not my finest moment. And I think I need to give you a point of conflict for attacking an innocent person. Yeah, no, no, exactly. Castian is going to then drag her away from the door. And is there anywhere he can hide her for the time being? Well, I mean, there's the closet. Yeah, Castian's putting her in the closet and he's pausing and then comes back and pulls off her ID. And (laughs) then he's going to go to the door, close it, and then he's going to try to kind of mess with the door in order to keep it locked. So can I roll mechanics to try to break this door? Yes, you can. Now I'll say, breaking the door isn't difficult. Breaking the door and not setting off some kind of alarm, that's tough. What? I assume you don't want to trip some sort of internal security over this door malfunctioning. Right. So this is going to be hard with two upgrades. I'm going to use one of my destiny points. Okay. And I got one success, one threat. You're able to jam the door. Casting settles down on a stool, pulls open his jacket, and treats himself. Yes, so you have used these back to patches before, so you are able to apply it easily enough. I got two successes. So you heal two of those wounds, and perhaps most importantly, you're stopping the bleeding. Castian feels much better now. He takes a deep breath, looks towards the locked closet once more, gives it a lazy salute, and then he's heading back towards the front of the medical wing where he can get on that elevator. So you walk back to the front of the medical bay, where that secretary is still there, and you're just walking out alone? Yes, I am. The secretary doesn't look up from filing her nails as you exit, and she says... So Dr. Elustian kicked you out, huh? You know how he is. He can be very persuasive. Can't say I didn't warn you. Castian stops, looks back towards her, gives her a glare before saying, The other doctor, what was their name? Pharrell. Pharrell, and you said their offices were on? Floor 15. And could he also be with the uh, Alderaan captives? No, I'm 15. Then where are the Alderaan captives currently being held, then, if you seem to know everything? They don't tell me anything. I just know that 15 is where they have their offices. Great. Thank you. And Castian is going to be heading towards 15 using that woman's ID. And off you go to 15. He has no idea where these people are, but he's hoping someone who is from Alderaan might be sympathetic enough to tell him. Floor 15 looks like it hasn't had a makeover in 20 years. It is dingy. There's kind of a a stale odor in the air. It's carpeted, and you don't know what color the carpet started as, but now it's kind of a beigey taupe. This is not a place that is well taken care of, obviously. And for whatever reason, the Imperial Consulate doesn't care about keeping this place looking good for anybody. Oh yeah, this is Peak Delea. Castian notes that as he steps out of the elevator. He looks around 
shakes his head a bit, and then he's heading off towards the offices, hoping that they have at least nameplates on the front. Yes, you do pass by a series of offices that do have those nameplates. They all are doctors. You definitely notice that. And after you pass a handful of doors, you see Dr. Farrell's. Yep, Castian's walking up to the door, and Castian, unlike before, is actually going to knock and not just walk right in. Enter. And Castian is going to walk inside and bow his head. You see Dr. Farrell sitting behind his desk. He is a portly gentleman, probably in his 60s. He has a big, bushy mustache. His skin is very pale and thin. You can tell it kind of has that crepe texture of of older people. He is balding on top, but he still has a ring of hair around the sides of his head. None of it is braided like Alderanians usually have. Castian is going to look around to see if this guy has been drinking. Actually, I'm going to spend the point. This man's been drinking because his entire planet and everybody he's ever known is dead. That's a pretty fair reason to drink. I'll take it. Castian pulls his cap off his head and holds it in his hand as he steps forward. What are you doing here? I, um, my name is Taurus, sir. Uh, Taurus Orden. Um, I've heard conflicting reports that some of my family is being held where we're keeping the Alderan nobles, and I I know you're one of the head physicians here, and I, I figured if anyone would be allowed to go see them, it would it would be you. I was hoping you could speak to me uh, as one Alderanian. He holds his finger up, silencing you. If you value your freedom, let alone your rank, do not talk about that. Do not talk. At this moment, sir, I, I value the idea that I actually have family that's still alive. Just a month ago, I was in Kervas City, attending my third cousin's wedding, and... And I, I'll be truthful, I wasn't the most... And he looks down. I got drunk at the wedding and made an ass of myself, and I just keep on thinking, that's the last thing that my family saw of me. Being this, just the disgrace just embarrassing the family. And then I hear that Varie was brought here, but no one's going to answer me. And I, I, I keep on trying to contact my mom on Corval City. And I know no one's going to answer, but I just find myself wasting all my, my, my credits trying to get a hold of her. I just want to know she's safe. And I want to know maybe I could see her. I just need to know that I have family left. Since you paid that destiny point earlier, and that was a really good speech, I'm not going to make you roll. You can see Dr. Farrell tearing up a little bit at your impassioned speech. Well, son, I can't tell you whether your sister, aunt... Third cousin. Third cousin. I can't tell you whether she's one of the survivors. I don't know. I haven't particularly been paying attention to names when I've been up there. If you want to risk everything, <laughs> you can go up there and look. It's like the the 20th floor? The 19th floor? One of those two. Thank you, sir. I mean, don't thank me. You're the, you, you were never here. I was never here. Thank you, Dr. Farrell. And Castian is going to walk out 
And then he's going to reach up, pinch at his nose, and mumble, This is becoming a puzzle. And he's going to head up towards the 20th floor. Back into the elevator? Back into the elevator, since I haven't seen a stairwell. So as you are approaching the elevator, I need you to roll me vigilance. Difficulty? Hard with one upgrade. One success, one threat. As you hear the ding indicating that the elevator is just about to open. At the end of the hallway, you hear someone say, Halt! Stop right there! And Castian is going to cast a glance over his shoulder and turn his back towards the elevator, waiting for the doors to open, and he's going to see who's calling him. Another security officer. You see just one called to you, but you can hear from around the corner. It sounds like a couple more are coming. Castian holds up his hand and says, Don't worry, I got 13, and he's going to walk right into the elevator as it opens and hits 20. The elevator door closes as security tries to rush to it. And as you hit 20, a panel in the top of the elevator opens, and someone drops down on top of you. This is your threat, that you caught one problem, and you didn't catch the one that's in the elevator. So yeah, Castian falls straight to the ground as someone jumps onto his back. So Castian, roll Vigilance again because now we're starting initiative. Castian got four successes and three advantages. Very nice. So you get the edge on the person that has dropped down onto you. In the moment, you can't tell very much. You know that it's a human that has dropped down on you and they at least didn't use a weapon on you. Right now, it seems like they're just trying to grapple you. Castian is going to try to throw up his arms to get them off his back, but he's not using his brute force. He's using the force to kind of like launch them back into the wall. Okay, so this is average difficulty. I got three advantages, one success, and two light side points. Are you trying to harm them or knock the breath out of them? I'm not trying to harm them. So with my successes and my willpower, that's just five strain. So you knock this person back against the wall. His head snaps back a little bit. He's definitely going to have a goose egg on the back of his head, and the breath is knocked out of him. But that's not enough to keep this guy down. He launches himself at you, trying to get in a flurry of, of punches, trying to bring you down. Great. Castian stumbles back as he does so, trying to defend himself. Remind me, what is your melee defense? One. So he got one success and two advantages. With that one success, that actually brings it up to four damage. Castian soaks all that. So even though you soak it all, he did have those two advantages. So that's actually going to activate the disoriented check. And you're now going to have a setback die to all of your checks for the rest of this scene. Great. Castian's going to stumble back, shake his head a little bit. And is this a security officer that attacked him or what? Oh, it is most certainly not a security officer. This guy is dressed in threadbare clothes, obviously civilian. His hair's a little on the long side, definitely in disarray, especially after the start of this little wrestling match the two of you have going on. Castian is going to reach out with his elbow and slam it against the emergency stop. And he hopes that can make him a little bit off balanced. Hitting the button is going to be a free action. So yes, the elevator jerks to a stop. If you would like to do anything else with this round. Yeah, Castian's going to slam him again with uh, a punch. 
average difficulty, you have a setback die due to his defense and another setback die because of the disoriented. I got three successes. So that gives you six damage to this guy. Castian pops him right in the face. The man staggers back, holding his nose. You see some blood is trickling down his face from beneath. And then you hear a voice from above on the elevator. How many times do I need to walk in on you causing trouble? Castine is going to slowly raise his eyes towards the hole above him. And you see a Nautilin woman. Galnuri Tan. He's going to lower his hands. And as you let your guard down, the man stands up and just clocks you across the face. Five damage. Okay, he soaks four of that, but he definitely uh, takes an injury. Castine is going to stumble away before holding up his hand and, and yells up towards the hatch, Tell him to stop hitting me! Argon, you can stand down. Seriously, that was your plan, Argon? To attack an Imperial officer in the lift and what, steal his uniform? It was under my direction. And we knew you weren't an Imperial officer. I can pull off an Imperial officer, thank you very much, Miss Tan. What are you doing here? Perhaps we shouldn't have this conversation in an elevator that you have hit the emergency stop on, which... Once again is sending an alert throughout the entire consulate that something is going wrong. Okay, where am I going? Well, in an ideal world, where you would go is back out the front door and let us do our job. I'm here to do my own job, thank you very much. And I can't exactly have you walking around the Imperial Consulate. Nautilins aren't exactly welcomed in the Imperial Army these days. And yet, I've been able to walk around without setting off any alarms. Well, you know what? I'm a one-man band, so I had to do this myself. And I think I'm doing a rather banger job. So if you excuse me, I'm trying to do a mission here. So how about you just crawl back up in your hatch and have your fun, and I'm sure no one will find you. I know plenty about your history, Castian. I know all about your independent streak. I know about your rebellious streak that you have been cultivating for the last couple of years. I also know that you often go into a situation without a firm plan in place. You lead with your gut, which certainly has its place, but perhaps not in the Imperial Consulate less than two weeks since the destruction of an entire planet. Castian pauses for a second, then looks towards the elevator readout and says, Okay, we will talk. We talk up in the hatch, away from everyone where they don't see us talking. I'm sure you have a little hole that you've holed up into while you do whatever you rebels do. So I will speak to you there, but I will only give you a few minutes before I need to continue this. Understood? Of course. And then Castian's going to push the punk kid who popped him, and then just launch himself up into the hole using his abilities. Yes, you climb up there, and Galnuri Tand, she's able to reach a hand down and pull up her poor, bloodied compatriot. Then Castian's going to close the hatch, and he's going to follow them. If they have like a little vent system that they're in, or if we want to have this conversation here, we can, whatever they want. No, it's a little dangerous to have a whole conversation on top of an elevator that could start moving again at any minute. 
Within the elevator shaft, there is, of course, as there always is in elevator shafts and stories like this, an access ladder. And Galnuri Tand starts climbing up the ladder, not saying anything, obviously just expecting you to start following. And Castian does. So Galnuri Tand goes up first, and the man with her, Argon, he's obviously waiting for you to go up second. He doesn't have to wait long. Castian follows close behind her. And Argon follows behind you. Galnuri Tand has you climb up one floor, two floors, three floors. You're back at what should be the medical level. But when she forces open the elevator doors that lead onto the floor, the rooms are completely empty as if this area was constructed and then forgotten about and never used. And what is this place, he says, as he pushes himself through the doorway and onto the dust-covered metal floor. This is the hideaway that you mentioned. Ah, delightful. You and your rebels find every little hidey hole out there in the galaxy, don't you? It is what allows us to be successful. It seems like the only thing that allowed you to be successful so far is me freeing you from captivity. That was a long time ago. Speaking of a long time ago, this conversation started a long time ago, and you promised me an explanation on why you are here. We are here, I believe, for a very similar reason to you. We are here to check on these survivors from Alderaan. Our mission, I feel fairly confident saying, is for a greater good than yours serves. And what is that? We're doing reconnaissance to establish whether key informants to the Rebellion have survived. Mm. So you're just here for a few of the, what, nobles, spies that were scattered along them? What about everyone else? What is your plan here? The details of it not only are not important, but it is safer for you not to know. Should anything happen to any of us, We try to keep that information compartmentalized. I see. Well, here's the situation on my part. I've been- You are searching for a woman. Yes. A woman that you spent a few lovely nights with on Alderaan. I don't like the fact that you know that. Have you been watching me? Perhaps. Why? I have told you before that I want nothing to do with your rebellion, and I have kept up my agreement. I'm not giving away any secrets to anyone that could harm you. Why are you watching me? You know we've had the pleasure of spending extensive time with your former compatriot, the Ninth Sister. Ah, yes. Is she still alive? She is. That's a disappointment. And we know... Not just from talking to her, but from observing you. That you are unpredictable. That you are a ticking time bomb until you have another tantrum. And you lash out. And you may kill the wrong person this time. Or perhaps you have learned some control and instead it becomes a verbal lashing out. And despite your best promises... Information slips out that could be detrimental to us all. I was an Imperial agent. I was part of a group that no one retires from. I am the only one who's ever made it this far. And you are acting like I am some sort of stumbling child chasing after a toy. 
You do not know why I'm here. I was hired by an official to find their grandson and his wife. That is why I'm here, to do a job. Since we both seek the same thing, perhaps we should work together instead of against each other. Oh, a partnership. Yeah, that's going to end very well. You might be foolish, but I know you are capable. I'd like to think you know I'm resourceful. Well, I suppose so. Tell me this. Do any of those resources know what destroyed Alderaan? Yes. And what was it? She looks at you for a moment, calculating how much your help is worth versus this information that she has. You warned Duran that the Empire was collecting materials the last time we spoke. My resources say those materials were used to construct a superweapon. That is what supposedly destroyed Alderaan before the Rebellion destroyed it. I am hoping I can obtain more information from my contact if they are still alive. Of course the Empire was involved. Very well. I will help you and you will help me and after we get these people free, you will share everything you know about this weapon and its destruction. It is agreed. With the schematics we were able to steal of this place, it shouldn't take long to find where these nobles are being held. Well, it's either the 19th or 20th floor. And how are you so certain? Because while you were skulking around, I was talking to individuals, playing on their emotions, coercing them to open up. And one of the main physicians here, who happens to be from Alderaan, was far too willing to share what he knew. Argon will go with you. The two of you will work together. Argon happens to be an expert at bypassing security systems, which, as we've established, is not your forte. Argon, where are their alerts currently going off regarding improper movements? Argon responds. There's alerts going off on sub-basement one in the medical center and uh, uh, the fourth floor. That sounds about right. Galnuri Tan says, They're tracking you, no matter what ID you are using. Time is running short for you to be moving about freely within the consulate. Argon has not been discovered yet. Also, we have already mapped ways to go about the consulate without being out on the main floor. It serves both of our purposes to work together. And what will you be doing? I will be waiting and acting as your backup should everything go pear-shaped. And is it just the two of you? Yes. Your little rebellion definitely is running on a shoestring budget, I see. If you would like, Castian, you can roll a discipline check to see how much of the truth she's telling. This is going to be hard with one upgrade and two setback dice. Getting a read on a Nautilin is very difficult. No, I can imagine. But I actually nailed it. I got four successes and two threats. With four successes, you know that she has not told you an outright lie. She's here because she wants to find Rebellion contacts. Through various methods, she has been able to keep tabs on you over the last couple of years. 
And it is just the two of them probably in this building. You find it very unlikely that it is only two of them in this city, on this planet. But for the moment, on this particular segment of the mission, it is just Galnuri and Argon. Castian kind of gives her a stare just to make sure she could feel him like just like studying her. Maybe she even gets an idea of he's not buying her story completely. Then finally Castian says, Okay. But I will say this. We are working together now. But we are going to have a very long conversation about trust after this. I do not want a rebellion looking over me. Because if they are looking over me, I will start looking for the rebellion. Is that understood? Of course. Come along, slugger, he says as he pushes past Argon. Try to keep up. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fandible Solo Shot, Star Wars Force and Destiny podcast. You can now find all episodes on the Fandible Solo Shot podcast feed on iTunes and all other podcasting platforms. Please subscribe and leave us a review to help new listeners find us for their Star Wars actual play fix. You can also find us on Twitter at Soloshot Podcast. And if you enjoy the stories we tell here and on the rest of the Fandible Podcast Network, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash fandible. Thanks again, and may the Force be with you always. A long, long, long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Flight Risk is a Star Wars actual play crime dramedy podcast using the FFG Star Wars rule set and also set during the Old Republic era. Join Flight Risk and an eccentric group of mercenaries as they are thrust into the dark and violent world of organized crime. As agents of an enigmatic count, they traverse the outer rim in an attempt to not only survive, but to realize their destiny without losing their souls. Flight Risk is hosted by Dwayne Feenstra with players Joe, Velvet, Nimoy, Kyle, and a whole bunch of additional guests from the podcast community each and every week. So don't miss out on all the fun. Look us up on Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher and enjoy the ride.